Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gaben Walt Show. Hey, you got it right. Yes, I did. I was I, <laughs> right before this. I'm going Gaben Walt Show. Gaben Walt Show. It's not the Arena Podcast anymore. I got to remember Gaben Walt Show. Gaben Walt Show. I think I got it right. I think you did. All right. So, um, I think introductions are in order. Yes. And I, I know I know it's difficult because it's called the Gaben Walt Show, but we will try. So, <laughs> I am Walt, and I'm Gabe. Wow, we got through that. That was awesome. We did it. We did it. All right, that's our show, guys. Thanks. Follow us. Like, rate, share, subscribe. Peace. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yes, um, you hit on a point that I was going to talk about. Okay. I did. Rate, rate, review, subscribe. Yes, 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 yes. yes. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, so we got that out of the way. Maintenance is done. Um, We're back, man. So this this is cool. we do we actually be, have quite a bit to talk about. Yeah, we do. So I think, you know what? Forget about all the stuff. Let's get right into it. We're talking baseball. We're talking basketball. We're talking football. Anything else? I mean, I mean that's baseball, basically basketball, it, right? Football, yeah. That's a I lot. Mean, so we're, we're going to get through. We're going to talk a little bit on the uh, current baseball lockout. Uh, yeah. And the uh, All-Star Weekend, the NBA All-Star Weekend just happened. Um, of course, we're going to give you guys the Randall report as always. Um, and we'll finish up a little bit on looking ahead towards what we got in store for the NFL postseason, specifically with the Giants and the Jets, of course. Yes, sir. So, Walt. Baseball. Baseball Please. is in, baseball is ticking me off here because you know what? They always do this, this to themselves, right? Um, and, you know... The, the thing about it is that baseball, the, the last time we had like an extended work stoppage, whether it be on the owner side or the or the player side, was probably way back in 94, right? That was that was wasn't in, there a lockout not that long ago, though? Yeah, but it, I don't think it affected any games per se or it, yeah, it, I guess it wasn't so. an extended I think, I think, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think so. there was a lockout, but it didn't like affect the season. But technically, right. We should already be like having our, you know, press spring training, spring training, you know, like uh, meeting all the uh, the coaches, the new players, seeing new players in New Jersey's and so on and so forth. Yeah, um, and it's kind of annoying here because, you know, what the, the last work stoppage, like I said, was in 94. And, you know, if you want to if you want to look at it from a New York standpoint, right, 94, the Yankees were in first place and undoubtedly the best team in baseball and they cut the season short there was no world series there and so we were potentially robbed of a championship um really? now yeah, yes, yeah, I mean, yeah obviously i was too young for that but i don't i didn't realize that oh it, it was oh, it was annoying they they were literally the best team in baseball and so we got robbed of an opportunity to get a at least a chance of a royal series championship um and so it took a while for baseball kind of to recover from that. Um, you know, you had uh, the Cal Ripken streak in in 95 that kind of brought it in. And then I think the thing that really brought everybody kind of back to baseball, baseball was in 98 with Sosa and Maguire in yeah. pursuit of the home run title, yeah. right? Yeah. But those are things that, that don't happen. Year, man. That yeah. Year. And it, it just, it's not going to happen, I think. Yeah, and those things were, were kind of like the out-of-the-ordinary things that happen in baseball. And I, I think what's happening here is that there's kind of a little hubris on basically, and I, I'm going to put this on the owners, right? 
because they think that baseball will survive anything. And you can make the argument that right now that's baseball is probably the third of the major sports, you know, football obvious being being number one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you can make a case maybe basketball is in, you know, at least two or at least somewhere in the conversation with baseball, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that you know, it's hard because baseball yeah. is supposed to be America's pastime. You know, even though football is 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 you know, we I think it's the biggest sport in 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 America at least. Absolutely. I mean, Super Bowl weekend is the biggest weekend in sports in the entire world. Um definitely so here in the US, but but baseball is supposed to be America's pastime. Baseball yeah. is, uh, is 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 such an identifying factor um for us as Americans and, and the history of, of baseball the sport and so many it's just a legacy of, of of some of these teams and the players and stuff and and I do feel like baseball is kind of like going by the wayside. I mean it's been a little bit boring over the last few years. I think you know in large part due to I mean I hate to say this, but in large part due to uh you know the God, I don't even really want to say this, but you know, things were really exciting when when the steroid era was in play. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I think it's also because like defenders and the analytics have really taken control of the game, and and you know, when you have like analytics telling you like this is exactly what you need to do, this is how you need to like set up your defenders, this is these these are the pitchers that you need to send out for these batters and so on and so forth. You neutralize the game so much that it becomes such a boring game that it's hard to want to watch. But yeah. you have I, these like insane amounts of money being exchanged. And I, I think when when you're talking about, you know, the analytics of it all, you, you take away the human element of baseball because that that's what kind of defined, you know, baseball, especially early on, is the managers. The managers that kind of knew when to push the buttons at the right time. And it was it wasn't as much analytics back then as it was now. You know, now mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. everything's driven off of a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Whereas guys like Tony LaRusa's of the world and you know the the Buck Show Walters and yeah. you know going back to the Bronx Zoo with with Tony Martin, you know, Tony Martin, Billy Martin and stuff like that, those guys kind of they did their thing based on emotion and based on what they be- believed was right. And that was the exciting thing about baseball is that baseball inherently was flawed because you had human people making human decisions and now it's kind of become a little bit more robotic right yeah but let's get into let's get into the the reasons why the owners have locked out the players and you know it's funny because players you could have stood on the pre-existing cba and said you know what guys let's play under the pre-existing cba rules and then, um, you know, let's negotiate. But the owners chose to took a, take a very hard line and lock the players out. Well, it, it seems like the biggest issue is obviously greed. It's always under greed. And there's, oh, there's, absolutely. A, there, there's a few issues regarding the, uh, the, the, the new agreement that, well, the reason that they're at this impasse right mm-hmm. now. But it seems actually like the like reading now, I'm reading off of uh, SBNation.com. And it seems like the main crux of it is... Um, the uh how the owners want to uh structure the season they want to shorten the they want to reduce the uh regular season 
um, to less games being played mm-hmm. before the postseason, but then extend the postseason. They want to make the postseason longer. And the reason behind that is because in the postseason, the owners get 100% of TV revenue. While the players only get partial revenue off of the gate, they don't even get a hundred percent revenue off of the gate, and so it it is kind of unfair when you think about it. It's like okay, in the previous agreement, um, you're already getting a hundred percent of the revenue from in the postseason. Now you want to shorten our ability to make money in the regular season just because you want more of that postseason <coughs> TV revenue, right? And it, it really is unfair as if as if the owners don't make enough money already yeah it's crazy to me that they that and there doesn't seem to be any kind of wiggle room for them you know yeah i mean and and you know there there are other issues at play here you know um one of the one of the bigger sticking issues is the i i like to call it salary cap because that's where it looks like it's going to but the luxury tax the luxury tax is built um, so that there is a soft cap for teams, right? But teams do have the ability to go over. They just have to pay a tax. And in some cases, if they're far over, and I believe the number was at $40 million, if you're $40 million over the, the cap, you lose draft picks, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's always been a soft cap. And, you know, there have been a few teams, the Yankees being one of them, right? That have have surpassed the salary cap at times. Well, I'm sorry, the luxury tax. I mean, you know, Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner don't, you know. Yeah, but the Mets, the Mets are very clearly at some point going to do that. It's funny because they have the money to do that, but they never do. So, well, um, they do now. Yeah, I know. There's only the um, first year. There's only the first year where the Mets get to play Yankees. Yeah, but. You you look at what the owners want to do, and it's it's kind of almost criminal because what they what they really want to do in essence is install a hard cap. Because before you know the instances where you know I believe it was twenty twenty percent, forty percent, fifty percent, and then you got hit overall. Now what they want to do is they want to institute a cap that if you go over the threshold, it's 50% of the, the salary base, 75%, going mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. way up to 100%, which is kind of a way, really, to suppress player salaries, right? Yeah. Because if you're not if you're not willing to pay the tax, that means you're not willing to pay the players. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's interesting because, you know, that same article does have like a, an infographic where you show, you know, starting with 2003, you know, the base tax level. And it's it's pretty much on a very consistent up uptick. Right. Yeah. But when you look at the revenue that's being accumulated, that's exponential. Yeah. And you're yeah. compounding that. So it, they're making money hand over fist here. But yet the salary tax has pretty much stayed, the, the luxury tax has pretty much stayed consistent. So you're not giving, you're not, they're not suffering in that, in that case. I mean, you know? let's just call it what it is. This is just the owners being greedy, greedy as all heck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, the players, all they want is to have a fair contract for them. Let's talk a little bit about like what the players actually want. Mm-hmm. One of the main things that the players, you know, want is that they want provisions that are going to protect you know the prospects, the, the 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 players in the minors 
um, from from being held at the miners just just to create value for them to be traded uh, to other teams before they even get their shot in the actual league. Yeah. Um, they 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 want they want to have a better free agency uh, opportunity. You know, one of the things that seems like they want, uh, as far as the players go, they they want anybody that's over the age of twenty nine years old to. Um, and have had five years of service time to be able to go into free agency if they, if, 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 you know, I mean, I understand like some big, big, huge balloon, you know, contracts don't have that uh, within the contracts. But I do believe that like they should have at a certain age, they should have the ability to, to move teams if they're not happy where they are. Um, and, and, you know, some of the other things that they want, they want to have tanking addressed. You know, basically everything that's happening in the league right now uh, can be seen as unfair to the players in the sense that players don't have agency to protect themselves from from teams that are tanking, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like the Orioles who who are forever tanking and (laughs) doesn't seem to do anything with it. um, While at the same time, not being able to get like their actual value. Uh, with any of the other teams or they sign contracts that they just can't get out of in any single way uh, because they don't have they don't have the ability to just go into free agency as part of their contract. It's either it's basically either a a a you're you're with us or you're not at all, you know, kind and, of situation. And, you know, it's a shame because, you know, what a lot of these owners like here, here in New York, at least on the Yankee on I mean, the Yankee side, there is there is a commitment to try and win every year, you know. And you look at some of these franchises, and I don't know if the commitment is there, but you know what? They always get bailed out because of the fact that revenue sharing is a thing. So there is no incentive for them to do better or be better because mm-hmm. you know what? At the at the at the end of the day, they know that a certain amount of money is going to come their way. Now you know we we look at this, and you know it's tough not to blame the owners on this because i mean you've you've heard about the thing that they want to do with regards to spring training right and these these minor league players right no 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 no, no. what okay so and, and this i find super fascinating but from what i understand the owners and their lawyers are trying to say that they aren't paying minor league players to attend spring training why? Because spring training holds spring training itself is an asset to those kids. And so because of that, we don't have to pay you because that's crazy. The, the that's knowledge crazy. that you're getting from spring training has monetary value to these kids. Talk I mean, about that is that is insane, by, boy. You're employed you know? by the organization, and what you're not supposed to get paid. What is this? Listen, High school? This I work. Week? I work for Are a hospital. Me? If I go to training, they pay me for the training. Yes, absolutely. So if I'm going to spring training, pay them. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it is it is so ridiculous what yeah these because let's, let, 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 let's be let's be honest about about this right. Spring training isn't just an asset. Obviously, spring training is an asset for all the players because the players want to do well. They want right. to accrue value for them, mm-hmm. but the owners want that value too, so that they can trade them, so that they can sign them, so that they can make money off of their backs. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, unbelievable, just, just on a labor law level. They're violating, but again, you know, Major League Baseball 
in its hubris thinks that it's bigger than anything else. So, so they can violate these things and and literally try and explain it as, oh, well, they're learning valuable lessons here. That should be enough. So, I mean, it, it's hard not to blame the, the union here. I mean, the owners here, because um, it, everything seems like this is just like you said, greed. Um, some of the things that they have agreed Universal DH. I'm not a big fan of that, to be no? honest. I am really not? not big because you know what? I am an American League guy. I love mm-hmm. I love my Yankees, but you know yeah. what? I think there's something to be said with the National League and having the pitcher there and that spot as a strategic um that you have to do some coaching when it comes to that. Because there are times when you're up against you know, you have bases loaded late in the game and the pitcher spot is up. What do you do? Do you keep the pitcher that's that's playing well, you know, that's that's pitching well? Do you um you know, do you change there's some sort of oh, stratagem right. to the whole thing. All right, and but I here's think the, but you here's take the thing. that here's away thing, from man. it. You here's know what I'm thing, saying? Though. Here's the thing, okay. Let's the other the, all right. When you I understand of, why when the you players think, when do you they. think of cool though when you think of cool okay American League or National League I don't I I I don't distinct make a distinguished uh you know a, I don't distinct in between the two of them because you know what I like the fact that the American League plays one way the National League plays another Listen, uh, if you, know you take away the pitcher, you don't have the Bartolo Colones of the world. Yeah, but who, see, here's who, the thing. Here's the thing. How many Bartolo? Yeah, but how and, many? And, how many the, of those do we have? How many CC Sabathias do we have? The majority of the pitchers, they go up there, they just stand there, they take a couple balls, they lazy with their swing, and then they go ahead and sit down. You know, like it, it would be one thing we had Babe Ruth where they're going out there, they're pitching, but then they're swinging too, swinging for the fences, and they're hitting. I the pitchers you. are just not doing that. And it just becomes kind of like an empty slot. Like, here comes up the pitcher, and nothing's really going to happen. And we're just looking at, like, you know, someone lazily swinging a bat. It's, it's, they're, they're going to have the a bunch. I mean, I mean, there, there are and opportunities. They do. There's, there, there's opportunities, you know, but, but it, do, it just doesn't happen. I will say know? this I know why the players want that because it's an extra spot for a player to fill, right? Now you can have a full-time DH position where yeah. it's filled by a player. So I, yeah. I see why it's done. I just, me being the baseball purist, I'm kind of sad to see it go. I mean, I, I am. I am. Uh, I think that's something that they should do. I mean, it, uh, obviously, nobody's going to listen to me. But I think that they should have a universal DH for the regular season. And then in the postseason, uh, take it away. Oh, that's tough though, because oh, you you man. you've been you've been working under the assumption that this is how it is the entire season, and then to kind of turn it around and change it in the postseason. They I think do it you, for the American League. It, when you go to the World Series, the American League plays the entire. And I'm sorry, I'm eating candy right now. No, no, that's fine. But, but only in the National League parks. When you go to the American League, they go back to American League rules. So it goes both ways for both the National and American League. In the World, yeah, yeah. It's well, still, on, well, it's still, still, like, like that's even are. worse. That's even worse because, because the American League, they, they, the pitchers don't get to see a single ball until it matters, which is on the road at the World Series. It's been like that for how many years, and it's been fine. 
I guess. You know no, what I'm, what I'm saying? saying is like I'm just trying to trying to trying to go to your point where like you're switching them. But I think that that would be something interesting. I think there's a lot of interesting things that they can do with baseball that will make baseball exciting. I mean, baseball is exciting to me in general, uh, but just a little bit more accessible to people. You know, yeah. remind I, me because I don't remember this. I don't remember exactly, but um, some time ago, the all-star game in, in baseball mattered, right? Because whoever, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. The way the way it worked is whoever won, won the all-star game gets would home be, field advantage for right, so the series. The, yeah. So if the American League won, whoever represented the American League yeah, in the World Series would get, get home yeah, field. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, you know what? I'm not crazy about that I idea. I love that idea. But let me, I let me, love that idea. And I think that they should do that across all the all-star games and all the leagues. But let me ask you this then. Um, what is the incentive to go out and have the best record in the league? If if not if not to secure home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Sure, throughout the playoffs, but when it comes to the World Series, that's different. But it should be the same because you've worked hard to be the best team in baseball, and now you're saying that a team that has that possibly just barely square made it into the playoff picture, now they get a chance to host playoff teams. Yeah, well, I the mean, thing is that when games? you go into the playoffs, it's zero zero for everyone. So. You know? Yeah, but you know, and, and you're said also, about and you're also, advantage. and you're also not playing, you know, a lower seed on your side. You're playing the best team on the opposing lead. You know, I know, but so, you know, what? so you're still you're still playing the best team on the other league, and and <clears throat> it just makes the All Star game meaningful. I hate that we have meaningless All Star games or meaning meaning the Pro Bowl. The uh, oh, the Pro Bowl is the, the worst. The, I think the baseball All Star weekend is always. I think the, the the best out of all the uh, the leagues because mm-hmm. you have like the home run derby. It's super legit. You have the, an actual game with actual pitching and all that stuff. But there still is no sense of reward for even playing it. You know, Whereas no, I, I we agree. Had that, I, like, just... I, I thought that it was great. What what if we do this? Like whoever wins the all star uh, the all star game gets to play with like. You know, obviously, it's not going to ever happen. But could you imagine <laughs> if, like, you know, National League, they win the All-Star game. And now, okay, well, in the World Series, now we play with National League rules. Pitchers got to pitch. No DH. Let's, I, not I that just, it matters anymore because we got the universal DH. I'm just saying, make it matter. No, and I agree with you. I just, me as a player, right, I would be pissed off if the world series is dictated by something that i have really no uh way of of you know it's out of my hands you know what i'm saying that that's how i would feel like if i were if i were playing and i was part of you know a team that was the best record like we worked hard the entire season and you know we were clearly the the cream of the crop and then to say in the world series well you know what you and your fans only get three games because of a game that you had really no no impact on, which is the All Star Game. That's a tough to pill it's, to take, it's, man. It's, it it's, really it's is to make things interesting. I know, I know, interesting. But I think there you know? there should be. It's a the different same reason thing. why they're doing away with they're doing Universal DH is to make the game interesting again, which it's not. 
it's fine, but you know what? Don't don't dictate to me because of the All-Star game that we're going to lose one extra game, especially when you know what? Uh, stadiums make a difference in this in this thing. I mean, you look you look at Fenway well, Fenway Park. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one hundred percent. It's not and a crowd so, thing. It's a stadium thing. It's the right. format, the layout of the field, the whole nine. I totally understand. Again, that's what makes it interesting. Um, All right. From one um, All Star game, though, I want to go to the other one, the one that just happened. The NBA All Star game. I gotta say, the the way they do the All Star game is kind of weird to me, and I I haven't watched an NBA All Star game in a while. But the rules kind of threw me back a little bit because I, you know, I was bouncing in and out of this All Star game, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's kind of weird when you jump in on the third quarter and the score is forty three to forty. <laughs> it, it is. It's like <clears throat> I'm like, are they playing defense? Oh, you're supposed to win the quarter. They reset every quarter. That's weird. You know what I'm saying? It is weird. I, the reason I do, they do like, this. I do like that they do it for charity, though. I, I, yeah, I will say yeah. that. I really, really like that. You know? But, you know, the thing is that, again, it's just like I hate seeing non-competitive sports. There's no reason to watch an all-star game if there's going to be no competition. Even if you can yeah. fake it, like have a little bit of a competition. But, like, you know, looking at Steph Curry hit threes, everybody knows he could th- hit threes from everywhere. You know, but now he now we got to, like, Ooh, and ah, when he hits a three, when not a single person is doing anything, they're passing the ball around and they're just standing there in the paint waiting for him to hit the three. Yeah, there was that sequence where he came in from the left side, passed it off, um, and literally it went around the horn and the guys were just standing in the middle of the paint and he ended up getting the ball back and hitting the three. It looks, have you seen the shot of that? It looks amazing. It looks like an amazing shot. He looks away. The mm-hmm. net, the ball drops through. The net is is coming up through the hoop. All the players, LeBron and everybody else, they're looking up. It looks like an awesome shot. But then when you look at the video, you're just like, there's no meaning to that shot now. You know, and I hate literally, that. Like, why play literally, the game? Don't literally play the game. Nobody... Just, have, just do, I, I think that they should just do away with the uh, all-star game altogether. And just do the and skills just do competition. The skills, do the dunk contest do uh the 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 rookie game you know do the celebrity game you know because when you put celebrities out there you know it's going to be a crap game but it's the celebrities you know listen miles garrett wasn't playing (laughs) miles garrett (laughs) miles garrett was throwing down you know i would have rather see like lebron and durant um do a celebrity do a celebrity draft. draft and then they have to they have to like kind of coach these guys oh god you know what i mean like could you imagine like lebron and, and kevin hart bro that's a that's a reality <laughs> show right there you know oh my so, goodness yeah the, the only time that they played with any kind of urgency was uh the fourth quarter you know uh, the fourth quarter they did ramp up the intensity a little bit but like you said i mean literally there was no defense to be played. Guys were yeah. just. This wasn't even. This wasn't even. I, I, listen, I'd say street basketball has more intensity than the the All Star game did. I mean, you know? street basketball has all the intensity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's weird. But hey, our man Obi, Sam Dunk champion. You know what? The Knicks finally win something. The Knicks did something <laughs> right in what was one of the most mediocre. Uh, yep dunk contests we at least won that thank you ob Toppin, with some of the 
some of the weirdest kind of dunks. He's an explosive guy. He is. He I is. Think he, the man can dunk. I have no idea what that dunk was. I'm going to touch the backboard and then pass it to the uh, to the rim to dunk it. That looked like he just did like a layup, really. Not really a dunk. Yeah. And everybody's like, you know, screaming and yelling in the standing third. I, Listen, I don't know. You know but you he know, won, and that's what you, matters. You know it's bad when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar leaves in the middle of the slam dunk contest, and it looks like Sha- Shaquille O'Neal is kind of sleeping over there while watching this thing. You know, I, yeah. I mean, so, some of the dunks, these are dunks. There's no, and I don't know if it's because every dunk has already been done. I mean, there's only a certain amount of ways you can do a dunk, right? And, and yeah, you want to know how you fix the dunk contest? You would take a list of all the best dunks that have ever happened, okay? And, and have you them assign re- them. Re-create. You assign them. You assign them to the players. Okay, you're playing. You're going to be in the dunk contest. All right, you have to go inside this little box, pick out a dunk. Then once they, you know, once you reveal the dunk that you're supposed to do, they'll put in the Titan Tron, the actual dunk that happened, and now you got to recreate and you get scored based off of that. It's like a game of horse. It's you know? like a game of horse. Yeah. You know what? The all-star game should be a game of horse instead of an actual <laughs> game. But, you know, that's, that's, I think that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's better than what we have now because um, how many times are you going to see a guy jump over another guy? Yeah. You know? I, know. I mean, like it's, it's just there's a certain limit to creativity when you got a ball and a net. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. But, yeah, I, I mean, think that this would be really cool now that I think about it. Like, think, like I'll never get tired of seeing the, the, the Vince Carter arm in the rim uh, dunk. Uh, seeing someone try to do it because they chose it randomly and not prepared for it. Because what ends up happening is that, like, these guys, they all have to now practice all of the dunks. Oh, absolutely. You know? You know? I so think it's kind of... Cool. Maybe they can even, like, make it moment. better. Maybe they can even make... Like the, the the dunk better on the spot, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think that like because really the dunk contest is like just like the home run derby. The dunk contest is what everybody really kind of uh, tunes in to watch, not the actual game itself. Um, you know, back back in the days, I want to say in the nineties or something like that, maybe early two thousands. There used to be a thing. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it was basketball with trampolines. <laughs> the entire court was one oh. one big trampoline. You know um, what I'm saying? It's slam ball, no? I it I might have been called slam ball. Because not only not only was it basketball, but you could tackle people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was slam ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Maybe that wasn't that, that far was, back. It wasn't? Okay. I, I don't so think maybe, so. I think it was so maybe, like maybe uh, not. you know, damn, but if I say 2010, that's still that's 12 years ago. That's still pretty far back. There you go. Maybe we do that for All Star Weekend. <laughs> I would. I mean, something's got to get. Something's got to happen. We got to do something because otherwise, it's like a huge waste of money. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, the skill competition is is probably the best thing because mm-hmm. it's the most it's the most natural, the most fluent. Yeah. Um. And you know, these guys are actually competing now. We had a couple of guys who were completely horrible, couldn't even hit a layup, but mm-hmm. and and even that was entertaining. You know. Yeah. I'll yeah. take I'll take that. But I don't know. All star, all star weekends in general, not the greatest. You know, yeah. I think I think the best one probably is the hockey all star game, um, because those guys. I have to admit, go. I don't think I've ever seen a hockey all star game. 
if if I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, if I remember correctly, those guys do go go hard. They do. Um, football, you can't really go hard unless you're you're willing to to get injured. And I understand with why they don't a little do different. that. With football's a little bit yeah. different. I think that like what they should do with football to make it competitive, but also like less risk of injury, make the Pro Bowl a flag football game. You might as well. Yeah. If you're not going to tackle anything, then take everything. It off, is right now. Have fun. Have fun with it, and make it actual flag football. Then, yeah, I mean, literally, it's a it's a flag football game right now. I think I, I did send you that video, right, where the guy yeah. threw the pass, and the ref had to call the play dead because nobody was tackling the guy. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a flag football game right now as it is. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they might as well should they they should do it anyway. Um, yeah. So, with going, with, you know, with going, that said, well, well, I mean, you know, the All Star break is, you know, it's come and gone. Um, before the All Star break, we had, um, you know, the two the two New York teams, the Nets and the Knicks. Oh my gosh! I know, oh I know, I know. We got to get through it though. We got to get through it. We oh had the Knicks gosh. and Nets play. You know, they played each other. Uh, they had like their little series. They're trying to, I think. You know, universally, everybody wants to go into the break on a win. Neither team did. Neither team did. And the Knicks, I mean, we've spoken already about the Knicks. We speak about, we do the Randall report every single week. Um, but something's got to be said about, like, us beating, you know, or rather not even just beating because we beat Golden State, but just like losing such winnable games in the fourth quarter. I mean, being up on the Nets by like 29 points and then shutting off the TV or the radio. And the next thing you know, they beat us and they don't have anybody playing. Durant's not playing. Irving wasn't playing. Harden is gone. Ben Simmons is just looking pretty on the side. And, and we can't beat these guys. We're up 29 points and we can't beat these guys. Three games in the span of a month where the Knicks had 25 plus point leads the only team in the last 25 years to lose games where they were ahead by 25 or more i mean you know you you look at you look at some of these games that the knicks have been dropping lately and you know what you know what the frustrating thing is that it's it's clear that there's effort because the they're they're running out to these large leads so you know they are hustling but there is something that's not allowing them to finish these games and and it's very frustrating and you know what randall is one of these guys where it's like he comes out swinging and firing on all cylinders in the first half and then the second half it's just you know, for lack of a better term, it's a shit show with these with the with this team. You know? I, you know, the thing is that I think that this is where the lack of leadership on the court comes into play. Mm-hmm. Right? We're talking about the fourth quarter. This is where we're always losing it. It is that the team is cracking on the pressure and there's no one on the floor that can pick them up and be like, hey, let's 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 keep fighting. Let's not lose this. Let's not crack. There's no one on the floor trying to keep them together and and it's also really really missing that we're really missing that it's also problematic when the guy that you're expecting to lead you you know and in the second half of these games and kind of bring the ball up and and kind of funnel the offense through is a guy like randall 
Randall is yeah. not suited for those things, but yet time and He's time not again and clutch, he actually breaks. But it's it's not even that, you know. And again, this this kind of leads to something that we had alluded to the last time we spoke: the lack of a point guard on this team. When you have Jan- Julius Randle coming and bringing the ball up in the fourth quarter, he's not the kind of guy that you want as your general on the floor. You know, he's a guy that should be, you know, receiving the ball. He's not the guy that you yeah. funnel your offense through. And I think that's probably one of the biggest issues that the Knicks have right now. Yeah. You know, is that they don't have, like you said, that that leadership, that leader that they need, they that floor general that will yeah. will make those I need Derrick Rose back. You know? I need D Rose back on the floor. Oh, but it's horrible because you know what? As much as I love D Rose, you know, D Rose is an older, older cat. It doesn't here, matter because when he plays, when he plays, no, no, I agree. We but, have the leadership that we're missing. But the point know? is, we don't have that young buck that we we can we can say, you know, the, Derek Rose. I love him as a player. I've always respected him, even from when he was with Chicago and stuff like that. But Derek Rose, his shelf life is not that long. And so eventually we're not going to be with Derrick Rose. Who is the I guy? Know, Who is the I guy? Know, so I'm looking at long term. You know? I know, but Derrick Rose can create the next Derrick Rose. Oh, I agree. By I having agree, the influence you know? on the floor, you know, I mean, there's, I know n- there's no to be there. But, you know, like I think that Derrick Rose is needed as the example that they need to follow. Julius quickly is, was quickly is not going to be the guy. Oh, yeah, quickly, quickly is, is not going to be yeah, that. Quickly, quickly you um, know, I, I, I kind of like, you know, I was on the quickly train last year because of, you know, I was on the hype train for the whole team last year. Mm-hmm. And they, they didn't want quickly, quickly to get traded. There was talk about it and all that stuff, and I was really against it. Now I kind of wish that we did. I, I, I feel like we should have traded him when his value was so much higher, you know, last year in the postseason. Um mm-hmm. And uh, and even earlier this year, uh, and now I think quickly has been exposed as like this is kind of the limit so far for him. Yeah, you know, and it's, not it's the funny guy. he's not the he, guy. He had a decent game in in the Nets in the Nets game. You know, he had a decent showing in the Nets game, but quickly is not going to be the guy. And we already established Kemba Walker is not that guy. So who's left on this team yeah. that in the yeah. future is going to be that guy? We don't have one yet. Well, no, no, I you know? not 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 on the team right now. There's no right. question about that. So um, you know, as as much as I want Derrick Rose back, and I think he's a, a short term answer to a to a long term problem, and, and you know, there there has to be something to be said. And you know what? Um, I know you're not a big fan of Stephen A. Right? Um, uh, what are you doing? Did you did you hear Stephen A.'s rant? I don't listen to Stephen A. in any way, shape, or form. I know. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? The man is right when he says, where the hell is Leon Rose? What is Leon Rose doing? Yeah, but what's, you know he, what what, what's he doing? What's, what's Stephen A. saying? Something that we've been saying for all year round yeah, since last I year? I, but, but again, He's not saying he, anything special. No, I know. But again, you, you look at the Knicks. Why the hell would you hire an agent as a general manager? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, know, you, I you, you look at and and the the crazy. You thing would think is that, you would think that the reason you hire an agent as a general manager is because he can get players here, and that that is the he can exact, work contracts. That's he the can work contracts. opposite that he did, that he's done. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Jim Dolan, what the hell are you doing? And and the crazy yeah. thing is that Jim Dolan, if you look at the Rangers, their organization is running fine. 
he manages both sides of this. You know, he he's a hockey guy and he is a, a basketball guy, but the hockey team is consistently run way better than the basketball team. Yeah. And and, and it, it's crazy. Well, I mean, that, that could that could be in part because like Nick's stock is really, really low. Like nobody wants to come and play for the Knicks. Nobody was. Nobody wants I, to. I wonder why. You know? Yeah. Um, but something drastic does need to happen. I don't think it's a coach. I don't think that it's uh I think Leon Rose has is is playing too much with uh you know with with the players that he's bringing in and and you know the, the issues that he has with Thibodeau. But Thibodeau obviously knows what he's doing because they're able to hustle, they're able to play well. They're just not able to close. And I don't think that that's on Tom Thibodeau because because clearly he knows he can create a team that can defend and that can score. They're just not able to do that under pressure in the fourth quarter. And 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 I don't know how you fix that necessarily. But well, I, I will say this, and I you know, I think we should we should move on to the next topic after this. But I will say this about Thibodeau. This is the first time that I've really had my my doubts on whether Thibodeau should be the guy for this team. Um and and I I will say this. He he has a tendency of playing his guys and there 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 is no flexibility with that you know and there are some guys on this team that may be meriting some uh, a look here you know what i'm saying and the fact that he's not doing it is is kind of a a blemish on his part and and the other thing is that he he's a guy that burns players out really quickly because of his style you know he's he's a guy that is a no-nonsense guy. It's my way or the highway, and this is how we do it all the time. We're going to go 100% here. And I wonder if some of that stuff is is kind of rubbing these players the wrong way. And maybe the fact that he's running them so hard is leaning to these issues where they can't close these games. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Nothing changed in his style of play and managing the team from last year to this year. But last year we had all the success, and I understand that we're not having the success it's different, we had it's last year. It's a different year. team, though. It's a different team. Yeah, no question about it. But like last year, we were praising him for doing everything that he's doing now. Well, but listen, you know, you know and, you and, heard- and, and and I also want to say that yeah, we're losing these games. You know, we're giving them away essentially in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But they are still all of them close and competitive games, with the exception of how we throw them away in the fourth quarter. You know, I, 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 again, I don't know what the fix is. I personally think that it's I just don't know a either. leadership thing. I think that it's just a, you know, they, we need a LeBron on the court, not in the sense of like, hey, we need somebody that's going to like outscore everybody and outmuscle everybody. But we need someone where like, if you look at LeBron play, you know, when crap is happening on the, on the court, when he needs to like yell at somebody, he'll yell at somebody and set them straight. We don't have anybody that will do that on the court for these guys. We don't. You know, Tom Thibodeau really is the don't. only one that can do it, and he has to call a timeout for it, you know. But it needs to happen mid-game, mid-play, you know, at the at the end of a play when there's a when there's a, a missed uh, a turnover, a mistake, or a miss uh, or a missed opportunity. It needs to happen on the court, not on not during every single timeout. You know, because no, by, I, I the, know. The, by the time that a timeout happens, they've already run up ten points on them. They're already yeah, dejected. You know, 
there oh. there's something that clearly needs to change with this team. Um, yeah. and and like I said, I you said it also. I, I don't know what it is, but something clearly needs to change because uh, it's clearly not working now, and it's very frustrating as a fan to watch this team. Um, but hey, it is what it is, right? So, well, we've done baseball. Yep. We've now done basketball. Check. We even mentioned hockey. Bingo. Did we do oh. UFC? Uh, we didn't do we UFC. Did not do UFC, but we'll see. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna have to do UFC. We're gonna do one whole episode. We're gonna when there's a big, big, big UFC fight, we'll we'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. And you can pick my brain on everything that I think about when it comes to MMA. There you but, go. Let's talk about the NFL. NFL. Oh, wait, the Randall Report. My bad. I forgot to give you the Randall Report. The Randall Report. We kind of did the Randall Report. Sort of, but I still got to give you a grade. Real quick before we move on. The Randall Report? The Randall Report is going to be a B minus. Okay. I Uh, still think he's still hustling. He's still scoring the double digits. And what's big for me is that he's still rebounding and trying to play. Even though they're not, he's not closing the fourth quarter. The entire team isn't closing in the fourth quarter. As a player, I still need to give him credit where credit is due because he's the only one that's hustling on every on both sides of the court, even if he's causing turnovers. I can accept turnovers if you're hustling, if you're fighting. And that's my biggest issue. Because if we had just one or two more players hustling the way that he does, yeah, we'll have turnovers. But maybe we're going to have a little bit more on the board. Or maybe we're going to have a few more steals, a few more rebounds that are going to take away from the points on the other side. We don't Mm -hmm. have enough people hustling. If you think about the team, I don't think that there's anyone that's actually hustling on the team outside of Randall. And I've been harsh on Randall. You know how harsh I've been on Randall. Yeah, I'm going to be harsh on Randall this week than than you are because I I, I don't think he deserves that grade. I think he deserves far less only because of the fact that, you know what, he starts these games out strong, but when the team really needs him, he's not there. And he's not providing that leadership that that team needs, you know. And I, I kind of disagree with the whole, you know, teams not players not hustling because I look at guys like Mitchell Robinson. Like I look at guys like, you know, those type of guys. The, you but know, they're not the, producing the on their hustle. But you know what? At, at least they're trying. These aren't superstars, you know. what I'm saying so. You know, to kind of arbitrarily say that they're not hustling. I think it's a little it's a little harsh, you know what I'm saying? I think they are. The talent is just not there to match it. And that's why you need a guy yeah. like Randall to kind of step up his game. And you know what? He's great in the first half, but the second half, it leaves something to be desired there, you know? And this is the guy that you're paying to be the number one guy. This is a guy that you're paying to lead this. Yeah, team, but like look at look at the Nets game. Look at the Nets game. He's got 31 points and 10 rebounds, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody else is in double digits on rebounds in any way, shape, or form. The only person that came close was Taj Gibson with six points on the board for himself. And Evan Fournier and Quickly are the only ones that were in double-digit point scores. So if I look at the rebounds, the assists, and everything else, they're all in single digits. It tells me that they're not hustling for it. You know? he, is, he is what I, I like to call the reverse Reggie Miller. Um, and And... This may be a little bit too old for you and stuff, but Reggie Miller used to play the Pacers and was a thorn in the Knicks side, especially back then. I know. What? You know? So um, Reggie Miller was the type of player that he would go the first two, three quarters. You wouldn't hear anything about him. But when the fourth quarter came, 
all of a sudden he had 33 points. Yeah, no, I know. You know? I know. Randall. He's, that, he's, that, he's, that, he's got that fourth quarter magic. Yeah, Randall's yeah. the reverse of that. I understand Randall, that. Randall, you said but, he went 31-10 this past, this past game. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure entering into the fourth quarter, he was probably a 28-9. <laughs> I understand that. You see, know what I'm, what I'm saying? saying? So, like, if Randall's not making it happen, the rest of the team needs to hustle and catch up. He's the guy that's paid the money to be that guy. Every single person on the team, you're, you you cannot can't. say, no, 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 no. Every single person no. that's being paid to play is being paid to hustle, okay? No right, matter but, what. there's No, no matter what sport play, you're playing, if you're being paid to play, you're being paid to hustle, but not you to be a James Harden. Ex- you cannot expect the sixth guy on the bench to be the one to lead you to victory. No, 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 not lead you. Right? I said collectively, if everyone hustled just a little bit more, a little bit more hustle, then we wouldn't be in this situation. It's just uh, a little bit more hustle. We're losing these games by two points, three points, four points max, single digit points. You're telling me that if like if if I, the I think four the or Knicks, five other players that 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 are playing hustle just a little, just an inch harder, you don't think that we don't edge these games out? So instead of losing one eleven to one oh five, we lose one ten to one oh five. No, no, <laughs> you know? that's I, not listen, how it works. No, I know I'm I'm exaggerating here, but you know what? I, I still I you know I these guys Randall is paid that amount of money to be that guy. I understand. Okay. That. I understand. It, that. But like the when, money, when, the, the money when does look, not come into play when it comes to playing the game. So these let guys, me ask if, you this. If these guys put on the jersey and they're going to go on there and play, they want to accrue value. They want to make the Randall money. They got to hustle now so that the value is there. I don't believe that they're going out there and like, oh, well, he gets paid more than me. So let me let him be the one to hustle. That makes no sense. When Michael Jordan was playing, Fourth quarter, who uh-huh. got the ball? Michael Jordan. But guess what? Randall's Kobe, not Jordan. When Kobe was playing, mm-hmm. who was getting the ball? Was he giving yeah. it to Rambis? Was no, he expecting Rambis to do not it? Why did LeBron was in LeBron real quick. Cleveland? Yes, exactly. They, right? gave it to, they gave it to LeBron. You think that LeBron was the only one that won that game? In the rest, of the, the rest of the team, they they hustled. They did. They don't need to like do a lot. They don't need to be the ones leading the leading the way. They just need to make sure they're like, all right. If each player stops, you're talking about from you're, happening. You're talking about player, LeBron in Miami. I'm talking no, about I'm talking LeBron, about LeBron in, Cleveland in Cleveland when he, when won, he when had he, nobody. Yeah, he had nobody exactly. But the rest of the team still hustled and did their part. I'm not saying that they need to be the ones scoring double digits and everything. Okay. I just need them to be making the stops, get more rebounds, assist more. Okay. Make the facilitate. And they're it not doing that. But it doesn't matter if you assist if if you're not dropping the shots. If, yeah, Ran- if Randall's getting good, good, it's oh not like goodness. Randall wasn't getting good well, looks. Randall is getting some good if looks. Getting, if we're getting he's more not rebounds, making the if shots. We're, if we're the ones getting the rebounds, we're taking those away from the uh, the other team. We I take away know, these man. balls. They don't get the shot. They don't get to score. I don't know. That's all I'm asking. All I'm asking is just a little extra hustle from the rest of the team, and I guarantee you that these games are going to be on our side. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. That was a Randall yeah. report. Let's go to the NFL. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was a contentious Randall report this week. Clearly. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, let's let's get on to to happier, happier things to talk about. The NFL. Happier things. 
I love the NFL, man. The NFL, the NFL for me is is my favorite favorite sport out of all the sports. No, I understand. You know what I'm saying? That. I, I love but, football. I you know, bleed football. I breathe you're just, football. You're just happy you know that, the, that the Jets are actually doing something right now. So, well, listen, I've been long suffering, right? So why not? You know. All right, lead us through the way on this. Uh, we're we're going to be talking a little bit like the draft potentials on both teams. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you look at you look at how this this draft is kind of shaping up. Um, this is an interest an interesting draft in my opinion because this is not a sexy draft. Okay, this is not the draft not. where you where you're going to have you know six or seven quarterbacks that are that are you know the potential franchise quarterbacks for you. This is not that type of draft. But I really do believe that this is a draft that can build you a championship because you look at the quality players in terms of linemen, you look at the quality players in terms of wide receivers, um, cornerbacks, you know, defensive linemen. There's a lot of them in this draft. Mm -hmm. And to me, the cornerstone of building a solid team is on the line, both offense and defense. And so for, for that matter, that's why I think this draft is going to be really, really interesting because you have a lot of quality players that are there that if you make the right choices, you can turn your team around very, very quickly. Now, again, the quarterbacks aren't sexy, okay? Um, you, you look at some of the guys here that are considered to be the top guys. Malik Willis is one that kind of dro- jumps out all of a sudden, you know? Because he's that type of guy that has all that raw talent, you know. He's got the is he the guy with the small hands? Bar. No, no, no. This okay. is this is this is the other guy. This is the other kid. He comes from, and this is why he's he wasn't thought of. He comes out of Liberty, you know, not a big time. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. He's not a big time. It's not a big time college, but. You look at the skills that this kid has. He's got a rocket of an arm. You know, he's got mobility. He can run the ball. He's just very raw. So if you're looking at a quarterback that has any modicum of a very high ceiling, this is the guy, right? But he's a project. So he's he's a guy that you want a team that already has an established quarterback but is looking for the future quarterback. He's the type of guy that you want, mm. you know? Um, Kenny Pickett is the guy with small hands. Oh, okay. Okay. But he's the guy that's the most NFL ready. He's a guy that you can take, put, plop him into a, a, a roster. If he anything has any decent weapons, anything will work. So his ground floor is high. His ceiling, not so much. So he's a guy that you know you can put put in, and he'll capably run your offense. He he reminds me of a Mac Jones, even though Mac Jones is a little bit higher on on the the ceiling okay. part, you know. But okay. Mac Jones is a guy that you can plug in. He's not going to make those mistakes. He he knows how to run an NFL offense. So okay. you've got that right. Um, in terms of the Jets, <laughs> the Jets need a lot of things. Oh, real quick, real quick. Do you yes, think? Sir. Do you think? And this is going to be for both teams, the Jets and the Giants. Do you think either uh, picks a quarterback? No. Okay. I think I think um, I think you're kind of married to Daniel Jones at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think what they're going to do is they're going to try and improve the team around him right. to see if Daniel Jones is that guy. Because Daniel Jones, to be quite honest, has had has shown some flashes of brilliance here and mm-hmm. there. You know, he's he hasn't been a complete dud. You know, he he does have a problem with you know um, f- football ball security and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he does have flashes of talent now whether it's because he hasn't been given a proper team around him, mm-hmm. uh, whether he's not being protected enough. Those are the things that I believe the Giants are going to address in this draft. And they're going to see next year if Daniel Jones is the guy. And Daniel Jones better come prepared because this is his audition to stay on this team. Well, here's the thing, though, right? We don't have backup quarterbacks. So now, aside from obviously, I think that the, the the smart move would be to hire a veteran quarterback. Sure, uh, maybe you pick up a quarterback so that you can trade. But there's really there's really nothing or, out or, there, or to you know? create competition for Daniel Jones. Kind of be like, hey, like you know, like you're replaceable, and we want to show you that you're replaceable. Yeah, but you can do you can do that with a with a standard quarterback also. You know, I mean, yeah. you don't need to you don't need to get one of these guys. Yeah, and, I know. I was in just in saying, a sense, like, you know, I I think that it would be kind of like interesting if they do. I, I it, you know, it really wouldn't surprise me if uh, the Giants pick up a quarterback because it doesn't surprise me with the Giants doing anything that just doesn't make any sense. But, uh, I you know where they might pick up a quarterback? They might pick up a quarterback in the later rounds. You know, and, and just to see if they can find that diamond in the rough. Yeah. But I don't think it'd be wise for them to pick one in the first two or three rounds. Well, because they do need people. Yeah. They well, do let me them. ask you this before you go into the Jets and Giants. Um, who is the star of this draft? It's hard to tell who because it, it kind of star? It, it kind of. Like I said, this is not really a sexy draft here. You know what I'm saying? There is, there is yeah, not. Who's the sexiest? If if you really really want to go, I mean, if you can, go I mean, if for you it. take it, if you take, for example, if you take the entire uh, O line of uh, let's say the Browns, and you make like a, a calendar out of the the, the O line, okay. <laughs> There's got to be one that's the sexiest, even though that old know, man, man is not sexy at all. One those, is the sexiest. Those are what I like to call the big fatties. You know, those guys are chunky hey, boys up there. Hey, you know hey, what I'm saying? Hey, there's a market for so, everyone. There's a market yeah. for everyone. I mean, the consensus, if you look at it really, um, it really falls on three players. It's Evan Neal. Okay. He is, he is the of offensive tackle out of Alabama. You look at Aiden Hutchinson, who is an edge rusher from Michigan. Yeah, and, I, and I would I would hope that the Giants pick him up. Yep, and you look at Kayvon Thibodeau, and Kayvon Thibodeau is very very interesting because up until recently he was the consensus number one, mm-hmm. and he's he's a guy out of Oregon. He's an edge rusher, and the thing about him is that there are rumblings that he is a guy that. Uh, doesn't have that high energy and kind of takes plays off, mm, and, and okay. so and so you know his stock has really fallen, you know, since the beginning of this process. So if you're gonna look at probably three of the 
sexiest guys. You might also want to include Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, but I want the one guy. You know? Who's the one guy? I think uh, it's Hutchinson. I, I think so, too. I think he, he's the guy that's always attached. You don't see him fall anywhere in any of the mock drafts. You don't see him fall lower than fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau has dropped back and forth. Evan Neal, he's he's kind of like back and forth also. But Hutchinson is kind of the guy that's always consistently one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to look at the draft, he's probably the guy that you want to say will probably be the star of the NFL okay. draft. All right, um, so tell me what do you think about the Jets and Giants? What's our draft going to look like? The Wait, Jets- hold on, hold on. I said our draft. Uh, what's my draft? gonna look like and what's your draft gonna look like i can't i can't be associated with the other team well you look you look at what the the giants just to be clear everyone the giants is the new york team and the jets are the other team so anyway you were saying the giants moving on moving on the giants go on listen the giants are in a pretty good position here because they have the fifth and the seventh draft um I, I think what you what you're going to be looking at um, is, is kind of like very similar to what the Jets are looking for. They're looking for offensive lineman help. You know, mm-hmm. um, if either Thibodeau or Hutchinson falls to the to the Giants, I'm pretty sure they're going to snap him up. Um, they're also looking at guys like George and please, I'm horrible with last names, so I'm going to try and say this right. Carla Tiffis, okay, he's a, an edge rusher from yeah, Carl. Carl Aftis. Carl Aftis. Sounds Greek. Carl Aftis. Carl Aftis. Say that three times fast. Carl Aftis. Carl Aftis. Carl Aftis. Carl Aftis. There you go. Carl Aftis. Carl Aftis. Yeah, so that's it. He, he's a guy that, you know, um, might be interesting. You know, he's he's an edge rusher. He's 6'4", 275 pounds. Um, he's a guy that could probably be a day one starter for them. Okay. And, and so, you know, he, he's a guy that can provide some impact on that line. Um, and you know, you're look you're looking at guys that, you know, they're looking for offensive and defensive line help, you know, um, they could probably improve in the secondary. They could probably improve in, in the linebacker position. Um, so these are these are the type of things that the Giants are, are looking for, you know, in my opinion. And um, listen, if if any of these guys end up, you know, being the guy, then it's mm-hmm. a great way for Brian Dable to kind of start his regime and stuff like that. Yeah, I you do know. think that he's going to be conservative. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like it's it's his first year. He doesn't want to take any real risks with uh, with his first year with his general tenure as a GM, you know, you start off the first year, you make some smart, relatively conservative decisions, uh, win the public's trust, and then you can start looking to maybe make some risks. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, they can, they can probably, uh, go tight end as well, you know, give, uh, give Daniel Jones some weapons here, you know? So those are, those are the things that, in my opinion, I think, um, the giants are looking for, you know? What about the Jets? Sorry, Jets. The, the other guys. Okay, okay. The the one team in in New York. The one team that is gang, gang green. Gang, gang green, green 
is the name of a song that you play on a fiddle. Oh, uh, because when you're a second fiddle, that's who you are. People, the hate, the hate is real. What? You know? I don't hate you guys. Oh my gosh! I can never hate the other guys. Oh my gosh! See, I it, love it just, the other guys. This is what you call passive aggressive, right? What? <laughs> passive aggressive? Not at all. You have the second oh, time to actually call me that this week. <laughs> hey, when there's where there's fire, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Mm, oh, I guess. oh, yes. <laughs> all right, the Jets. The Jets need help. The, the, the Jets, they have been getting better incrementally. Um, their first year, they were 2-14. and 14. This year, they were 4-13. and 13. So they're getting better as, as time goes on here. But there's still, um, there's still a lot of work to be done. The Jets need help on, on the skill positions, being wide receiver. Although they do have some, some components there. Um, Elijah Moore is a, is a, a talent that you know, um, could blossom into something special. Mm-hmm. Um, at the running back, you have Michael Carter, which they got last year. He was he was a really, really good player for them this year. Um, but they need help. They they need another wide receiver, that number one, you know, that, that guy that's going to stretch the field. There is some rumblings that Robbie Anderson wants to come back to New York uh, from Carolina. Which is a, a very interesting thing because he definitely is a guy that's a burner and can stretch the field for okay. um, the Jets. And typically, when Sam Darnold was here and Robbie Anderson was with him, they—that's when Sam Darnold played his best. You know, mm-hmm. so he's a guy that the Jets could possibly pick up outside of the draft. But if we're focusing mainly on the draft, the Jets need tight end help. They need offensive help, offensive line help. They need wide receiver help. They need. Defensive line help. They need secondary help. They need an edge rusher. They, they need, need a Jesus. They need God. They need yeah. Mary. They need uh, Joseph. Um, who they, they need Moses. Uh, they need, uh, you know, you got some gods like in, 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 in Norse gods maybe. They need maybe a little bit of help from uh, Thor. Yeah, Thor can come through and, and do a little Floki. bit for them. It might not even be enough. Yeah. No, they, <laughs> they, do, need, they do need some help. The good thing is is that um, they have four picks in the, in the top 38. So they can they can either take those four picks or they can trade some of them and leverage them and get them even more picks. So they have some flexibility in the draft. But they do have to fix this team because um, the Jets did give up an insane amount, excuse me, an insane amount of points last year. And one stat that kind of stood out for me, Zach Wilson spent the entirety of 18 snaps throughout the season when his team was ahead by seven points or more. That's a problem. That's a problem. And that is not solely on him. That's that has to do a lot with the defense. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, it does, but it's also the fact that like the, the, the organization's putting him out there without really, having him ready i mean he he's not a day he wasn't a day one quarterback really he's not a joe burrow no but you know what he he also got hampered by the fact that his entire wide receiving core was injured for a lot of the year you know so you know it's tough to win when your number one two and three guys are out so you know with all that being said um some of the guys that i do like for the jets thibodeau being one of them 
Uh, he, I think he makes the Giants uh, are taking him. Yeah, if that, well, we'll see. You know, because we do have the pick before the Giants. We're at four at ten. You guys are at five and seven. So you you can get our sloppy seconds. Um, knowing, the, <laughs> knowing the Jets, they'll pass. <laughs> knowing the Jets, they're gonna pass. But you have you have guys like Derek Stingley, who um, is a defensive back out of LSU. He is probably the consensus number one cornerback in the draft. Again, Kyle Hamilton. Um, I don't like taking safeties that high, but given the fact that Marcus May is an unrestricted free agent um, and was injured last year, and you know the other guy is not the greatest safety, um, maybe Kyle Hamilton makes sense for the Jets. Um, and you also look at a guy like, um, oh, what's what's that kid's name? He's the wide receiver from USC, Drake London. Now he's a guy that you know he is. That's a guy. That's a guy that deserves to be like, you know, first name built Drake on like London. A freaking <laughs> Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible thirteen featuring Drake London. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, the the kid is six four. Clearly, he's, he's going to the Giants on that name alone. Oh, Giants can't handle him. So, <laughs> and the Jets can. Giants can't handle that smoke. Jets can't fly. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, but this this is a kid that uh, he's an excellent route runner. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that similar to Randy Moss, he kind of throw it up there and he's gonna come down with it. Mm-hmm. He's got hops. He's got mm-hmm. he's got he's gonna be taller than most of the guys that um, are defending him. So he's he's another guy that makes sense for the Jets. So there's a lot of things that both teams can do. Um, I think the Jets have a little bit more flexibility just for the amount of picks that they have in this draft and the fact that they have a, a pretty big salary cap number available to them to them i think they're 47 million dollars under the cap mm-hmm. so they're going to be players not only in the draft but they're also going to be players in the free agent market so um, okay. they have the ability and you know it doesn't happen often but they do have the ability to get better quickly just because of the fact that they can bring in a lot of talent here. Um, and it's a lot of young talent that they have. I mean, I believe if you look at the stats, the rookies, in terms of rookies, they played the most amount of minutes other than the Detroit Lions. Um, so they are an extremely young team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think that they have the ability to get better very, very quickly if, if Joe Douglas has a good draft. If the Jets don't do Jets things. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're there with that. Um, I don't think in terms of quarterbacks, you're going to see a lot of movement within New York. Um, And I'm going to be honest, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of movement within the NFL also. I don't see a scenario where Russell Wilson kind of gets out of Seattle. Um. Aaron Rodgers is a very interesting study because you look at his situation and, you know, he'd be leaving Green Bay. Green Bay is a Super Bowl-ready team. Any team that he goes to probably will not afford him the same yeah. amount of chances. So, And he's obviously wonder, very not Tom Brady, that he could just go to a team and do what he wants. Right. So, you know, this whole business about him leaving Green Bay, while it still might happen... 
you wonder if that's the best scenario for Aaron Rodgers because he's not going to get another team that's as talented and Super Bowl ready as the situation he's in right now. Um, you know, but there are teams out there that need quarterbacks. You look at Miami, who may be looking at, at another quarterback. You definitely look at the Steelers. Um, probably Tampa Bay is on its way looking for an, another quarterback, although Brady may not be retiring. Yeah, I think that's another, you know, that's something we're going to have to maybe bring up on our uh, next episode. Very interesting uh theories and ideas about brady not really retiring yeah i mean you know that may have been a sperm spur of the moment thing even though it took a while but you know there there are some people out there that don't think that he's quite done yeah you know we'll see we'll see um so the quarterback thing is going to be interesting and i think it kind of leads directly to this draft because maybe some of these these quarterbacks that are drafted are drafted onto some of these teams like a Washington, like a Pittsburgh and stuff that gives them the ability to kind of learn for a year or two under a pre-existing quarterback. And that's probably the best scenario for any of the quarterbacks here Mm -hmm. in the draft outside of Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is a guy that you could probably dump on a, uh, an NFL roster and he'll probably do pretty well, you know, but a lot of these other kids need about a year or two to kind of develop. Mm. and stuff so you know we'll we'll see we'll see how this thing goes we still haven't gotten to the combine yet combine is uh something that i do like to watch because i'm always curious to see you know how well some of these players are and we got the draft about a month from now a month or two from now so i'm you know, excited for a the draft. lot I'm of things to see what the future is gonna hold for uh the giants and the other team yeah a lot of things can change from then too you know the combine does make or break certain certain players and stuff. So, um, and you know, things change. When's the combine exactly? The combine's in March. Um, the exact date I can give you right now, but uh, it starts March first. So it's literally oh, actually next, next week. week. Yeah. So oh, it starts have to March first. Like, definitely, definitely keep an eye on that and bring a report to you guys. Yeah, March first and last until March 7th. So again, you know, this is where some of these these players get a chance to shine, you know, you get the metrics of, of these these players, you know, and uh, some of them rise based on that and some of them fall, you know. We've seen players, but then you look at the Brady's of the world, he had a horrible horrible NFL combine. I mean, you you take it based on on the combine alone, he probably wouldn't have gotten drafted. That's how bad it was. He turned out yeah. to be one of the greatest players of all time. So, Arguably the greatest one. I will never admit that, though. Yeah, so you take it with a grain of salt. But it's always cool to look at the metrics, and it's always cool to see what players come out of this. So I mean, it's all um, part of everything. It's all part of the whole culture, the sport, the yeah. whole thing. I mean, the whole it, thing. It's, cool. it's cool that we get to see it, you know? Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see. You know? So... I think that does it for this episode of the Gabe and Walt Show. Anything the, the else you want to add? The, Ga- the Gabe and Walt Show? The Gabe and Walt. Did I say the arena? No, the Gabe and Walt Show. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm just messing with you, man. Uh, thank you guys for checking us out. 
Thank you for uh, sticking with us to the end of this episode. Please like, rate, share, and subscribe. Even though Gabe is such a jet hater. Continue. I'm not a jet hater. Oh my gosh. Just say about? it. Just say I fly, it. I fly all year round. I don't hate jets. Oh, you meant the other guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those guys suck. Oh, you guys God. suck. Thank you. At least, at least ad- admit it. At least admit it. You hate the Jets. Just, just ah, put it like that. Hate's such a strong word. I can't really say hate. I just can't also say your name. Yeah, you can. You just said it right now. Hate. No. Anyway, guys, thank you guys for checking <laughs> us out. It's been fun. It's been real. Uh, I'm Gabe. And I am. (laughs) I'm Gabe. Uh, And I'm Walt. There you go. And that'll do it for us. Peace. Later, people.